0: chapter 24. We need to get to preaching here, and boy, it's been a wonderful service, and I do thank uh, the Lord for just being in our midst, and I'll tell you, what a blessing. Now, I'll tell you, I know it might get hot. Genesis chapter 24 might get hot. Babies might cry. We've got rooms back there. Don't let your children be a distraction now to somebody needing to listen to the Word of God, and we've got rooms back there for the men, if they want to take them, and the ladies for the ladies to take them. And it is no crime for a baby to cry in church. Just be glad you got them. Amen? Amen. Just be glad you got them. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. Um, (laughs) Genesis chapter 24. Would you guys put that up on the board, please? I'd sure appreciate it. Uh, I want you to, we're going to read one verse, and uh, we'll look at verse number um, eight. Uh, we'll look at verse number 8 and if the woman be not willing to follow thee then thou shalt be clear from this my oath only bring not my son thither again and the servant uh, took ten camels of the masters and departed and all the goods of the master were in his hand and he rose and went to Mesopotamia I want you to go clear on over to verse number sixty one in that chapter And the beginning of that chapter, Abraham sends his servant out to uh, get a bride for Isaac, his son. And he, of course, we've been looking at this on Wednesday night. And we're going to kind of finish up on this chapter about one of the brides in the Bible. Verse 61 says, everybody there say amen. Amen. Rebekah arose and her damsels and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. the servant took Rebekah and went his way. And Isaac came from the way of the well of Lahari, for he dwelt in the south country. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field of the evening tide and lifted up his eyes and saw. And behold, the camels were coming and Rebecca lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. If you want to write down something this morning, I'll, I'll give you this right here. I'm going to go ahead and put this in the middle and write it down. But there's a typology in this, uh, in this story. And uh, I want to Preach today. The story has a, and to get the, most of the story, I want is that okay? Can I, y'all, see somewhat there a little bit? I think if I learn how to turn this thing over, maybe it'd be all right. In this story, there's a one of the most uh, sincere, vital typologies in the Bible. Abraham is a type of the Father. If you want to write this down somewhere, but Abraham is a type of God the Father. All right. And uh, Isaac is a type of God, the son. All right. And um, the servant is a picture of the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, Sarah, who died, by the way, It's not not accident that in Genesis 22 you have Abraham taking his son up to Mount Moriah offering him as a sacrifice, which is a picture of Calvary. In chapter 23 you have Sarah dying. In chapter 24 you have him sending his son after a bride. It's a picture of God setting Israel aside and giving his son to die for the sins of the world and bringing to himself a bride, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now Rebekah and this is the one I want you to get in on right here. Is a picture of the believer. She is a picture of the church at large and the believer individually. Now let me say something to you here today. I'm going to preach some, you know, maybe stuff that's not quite as simple. Maybe sometimes it will be pretty soon. But I just want you to know this right here. If you're here today or listening today and you're not saved, I want to tell you something, everybody goes to church ain't saved. And you ought to get honest with yourself today. Am I saved or not? And you ought to look at your own evidence. You don't need somebody to, you ought to look at your own evidence. Have I ever been truly born again? Has there been a change wrought in my heart, and my, my whole being, by the power of the Holy Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ? And uh, you can sit in church all your life, be lost and dying on the road to hell. I did that for 28 years. I know what I'm talking about. There's a difference between the regenerating power of the Spirit of God and religion. And some of you just got an old time hell sent dose of religion is all you got and it's going to take you straight to the bowels of hell. If you're not saved, you will wind up in hell. I saw a little old gift put on one of my comments on my Facebook table of wilderness this week. Some, uh, some guy put a deal on there mocking God. Uh, if you don't get saved, I'm going to send you to hell. What an attitude. Let me just tell you why you need to be saved because you're a sinner, you're wicked, You've rebelled against God and you've violated and transgressed his laws. And God's a holy God. He's not the little God you created in your mind that likes everything you like to do. And you're going to find this out. I'm going to tell you, judgment's not going to be funny. When they shut the doors on that ark, everybody thought it was funny until the doors were shut. And the rain started coming down. And it's not going to be funny. But I want to preach a message today to the church and about uh, uh, how. Now, here's the story. Abraham called his servant and... uh, said, I want you to, to go after a bride for my son, Isaac. And he gave him specific instructions to go after the bride. And it's a picture of how God the Father sent his son to die for us and then sends the Holy Spirit after the bride of Christ, after the believer, to convert and to bring the believer. And watch this. To bring uh, the bride to Christ. And this is what I want to preach today on how, how does the bride come to Christ? And it's going to be about your journey toward Jesus Christ. Did you know someday if you're saved, you will see Jesus Christ face to face. That's what your Bible said. And right now, the truth about it is you are like you and I, I'm like Rebecca. Uh, The Holy Spirit came to me. He brought me the word of the father and it came to me to bring me to the son. The Lord Jesus Christ is my savior. And I'm on my journey. I've never seen Jesus, but I'm on my journey to see Jesus. And what I want to preach today is how is God taking me there and what's involved in the journey? So uh, we get in get into this chapter. I want to, in that chapter, verse number 63, verse number 61, it said there that Rebecca arose and her damsels and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. Now there's some things in there before we get going that we need to get put down. There's something else in this story. And there's 10 camels. And if you've been here on Wednesday nights, you've, you've got this already. Those camels coming to Rebecca were a picture of the law, the Ten Commandments. You'll never get saved till the Ten Commandments convince you of your guilt and that you're a sinner. You ever stole, you ever dishonored your father and your mother? You break one commandment, you broke them all. All right? You're a criminal in the sight of God. And so the law is a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But whenever those camels came, Rebecca did something. How I many knows what she did? She watered those camels. The water speaks of the Word of God and the truth of the Word of God, but it also speaks of the, the grace and the mercy of God. But, she, but here's what has to happen those camels, a picture of the law, had to be satisfied. Now, you listen to me. For you to be saved, the law of God has to be satisfied. The wages of sin is death. I don't care how little you may think your sin is, it'll, it's going to send you to hell. Okay? And death is second death, the eternal death in the lake of fire. So this law has to be satisfied in order for God not to send you there, to not pronounce you guilty and and sentence you. That law has to be satisfied. And that law was as camels were satisfied by the water of that well. It's a picture of that law is not satisfied by you trying to do better. The law is not satisfied by you trying to live a good life. The law is satisfied by one thing. And that's the death of Jesus Christ, the perfect, sinless Lamb of God, who shed his blood on the cross for your sins and paid in full the, your sin debt. You can't pay it. So the law was satisfied by the word. And Jesus Christ is the living word. Right? So now the law is satisfied in our story. And now she is going to go, she's going to be taken to, when I got saved on January the 24th, 1982, The law of God was satisfied against me. I was charged and found guilty in the court of God. And I had, the law demanded justice. And that justice was my death and my eternal separation from God. But Jesus came and took that justice upon his own body and bore my sin in his own body on the cross. Shed his blood. Death. Bloodshed. Death. He died in my place. Amen. And he satisfied the just demands of the holy God in his law. And I was saved, forgiven, reconciled, justified, cleared in the court of God, made a new creature in Jesus Christ, born again of the spirit of God. This is Christianity. It's not you doing better. It's not you being baptized. It's not you going to church in Hulu and Hulu. Christianity is a new creature in Jesus Christ. And so the law was satisfied. And now we pick up the story. They ask her, do you, will you go to be with this man? Will you, Rebecca, go to be with this man who's a picture of Jesus Christ? And so we're going to look at this morning. This here, um, there's a song that we sing. Let's see if we can do it. Now, I'm going to get that a little bit later. Let's just hang on. All right. This camel is a, can you put pictures of the camel up guys? Now there's, remember these camels. Now let's just be real simple about it. What? carried, how did the bride get to the bridegroom? How did she get to the bridegroom? Huh? On camels. So when that, when you read that, you start asking yourself, what did the camels mean now? They brought the law to her first, but now she has submitted and satisfied. She submitted herself to God, satisfied the law in Jesus Christ. And now she's being carried to the bridegroom on the back of camels. Well, let me just tell you this right now. The whole, your whole attitude about God will change once the law of God is satisfied and you'll see the law being, the law, instead of you living under the law, you will now begin to live under grace. It's not going to be, I have to go to church. It's going to be, I want to go to church. It's not going to be, I, I, I don't have to dress right. I want to dress right. It's not, I have to love my enemies. I don't, I want to love my enemies. It's not that I, I, I can't do this and can't do that. I don't want to do that anymore. Amen. It's not that I can't watch pornography. I don't want to watch pornography anymore. Amen. It's not that I don't want to commit fornication. I, 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 I can't commit fornication. A lot of people's attitude about Christianity is I don't want to be a Christian because I can't commit fornication, and be a queer and all this junk and stuff. I want to tell you something. No, you can't. But I want to tell you when God changes you, when God comes in, when Christ comes in, he will change you. He will change your heart. He'll change your spirit. He'll change your mind. He'll change your motives. He'll change your intentions. He'll change you from something. Oh, I can't do this. And I have to do this. And if been, no, he'll change no. He'll make you want to be like Jesus Christ. That's Christianity. Not a bunch of stupid rules. And so what happens? These camels are a picture of the grace of God. Now I want you to get this. These camels are a picture of the grace of God. First of all, in giving you the analogy of how the bride comes to the bridegroom, they came to where she was. And let me tell you about grace. It comes to where you are. The Bible said God sent Jesus Christ to seek and to save the lost. Rebecca didn't go running down there. trying. She was there. She was up there in that pagan land. And let me tell you something. I was standing in a church house on on a Sunday night, January 24th, 1982. And the Holy Spirit of God, just like the servant here, came to where I was. Now, you listen to me. I was sitting in church, but I was lost. I was sitting in church, but I loved the world. I loved its fads and its fashions and its music and its entertainments and its stars and its sports stars. And it's all the junk and the vanity of this world. But the Holy Spirit of God came to me that night. And I'm going to tell you something. God's grace wants to come to you. Now you listen to me, but she willingly, God will not force you, but God will invite you to come to his son, Jesus Christ. And he's going to, but if you watch this, if you ever get to Jesus Christ, it's going to be on a camel named grace. You ain't coming to God. No other way. The camel that you're going to go to Jesus Christ in is named grace. And so the first thing is that Jesus Christ, but to put up, no, don't put up, but in Titus chapter two and verse 13, I want you to listen to this passage of scripture with me this morning. I want you to understand what grace is. America has warped grace. Now grace is a license to do anything you want to do anymore. Verse number 11 says, the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Do you get that? Bringeth salvation. She's being carried, hath appeared unto all men, teaching us. Now, what does grace do? And I want to lay this foundation and we're going to take off. What does grace teach you? What does grace do in you? Watch what it says. Denying ungodliness and worldly lusts. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Any quote grace that is thrown at you that tells you you can go live like the world is a lie out of the bowels of hell. Anybody tells you that grace is just you can live any old way you want to and you can waller in the slop of this world in sin. That is not the grace of God by any measure Amen. of imagination. You have been lied to and deceived. The Bible said there'll come a time and it's in America right now and it's in American churches where they'll turn the grace of God into lasciviousness, a license to sin. Oh, I'm saved by grace. I'm going to heaven. No, you're not. If you think grace is you getting to live any old way you want to, you don't know anything about grace. Amen. All right, now, so the grace, first of all, came to where she was. I want to tell you something, you may be listening online, you may be in this church, but grace will come to where you're at. I don't care if you're lying in your own vomit in a ditch outside the beer, beer joint. I don't care if you're laying on the side of the street with a needle stuck up your arm. I don't care whether, I want to tell you something, I was walking, I was walking, crawling around my hands and knees in 1975, drunk, out of my mind, vomiting and puking, walking, crawling around my hands and knees among a bunch of trees up north of Mountain Grove at the home of the Mountain Grove Public School president of the board. Are you listening to me? Yeah. The school board president's property. He had a party for everybody there. And I want to tell you something. I was drunk out of my mind. I was killing myself, and I knew that if I didn't, something didn't happen in my life, and I'm going to tell you that, the camel showed up at that, in that place that night. And you, you believe this or not believe it, I don't give a rip what you think. The Holy Ghost of God, Danny, Amen. said to me, how long are you going to do this? You're going to kill yourself. You're going to, sim- you're going to bust hell wide open. You've rejected the gospel. You've played religion. You've played church all of your life. You're a hypocrite. You're lost. Amen. You're going to die and go to hell with this liquor you're drinking every day. Yeah. And I now remember it's like a voice said, are you going to do this to yourself? And I never forget, I, don't, I, I hate to tell you this, I'm ashamed, but I don't tell you, if it'll help you understand the grace of God, and some of you maybe might help you understand, sometimes I, I don't think my own family understands me. But I woke up that night, somewhere around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, sitting on a bathroom stool of my house and did not know how I got there. Yeah. To this day, I don't know how I got there. And that still voice was saying, You are going to self destruct. Next morning, I gathered up all my dirty, nasty clothes that I'd thrown everywhere in the house I lived in by myself there, and threw them in my car, took them up to Mountain Grove to a laundry mat there. And the lady I knew that did the laundry, I asked her, if She would wash all my clothes and fold them. And I got on the phone, and I called Springfield Airport, and I got a flight out to. Colorado Springs, Colorado, and a car rented to go to Aspen, Colorado. Now, back then, Aspen was a neat little old, not small mountain town. Wasn't anything like it is today. And I went up there at that town. I got on the plane, went up that town. By the way, I'll throw you a little something. I stopped at the, what was called the Panther Freeze there in Mount Grove that afternoon. I got out of, uh, got out of the laundromat. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and I, you think I cared about church? I'm going to tell you something. There's hope for people that's messed up. Amen. 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 That's right, and I was getting ready to go. <laughs> I hate to tell the story, but my wife rode up on a bicycle with a friend of hers, and I'd been watching her carefully, and I'd been thinking about her because I've been hearing about her. And I was in my heart, I was looking. I just wanted my whole life changed, and I don't think it was an accident. And, she, and I'm gonna, I hate to say this, but I'm I, I just how it is, brother Brett she drove a bicycle. I don't know if she remembers it or not, but I said, we was kind of just talking, just jabbing back and forth. And I said, why not you go? I'm going to Colorado. will not you go with me? Thank God she didn't. Amen. <laughs> but I tell you, I got to Colorado and I said to myself, I got to get straightened out or I'm going to bust hell wide open. I'm destroying my life. Yes. And at that place, I made up my mind I, I, I didn't get all right with God out there. But at least something happened inside. You know what it was? It was the grace of God dealing, Amen. dealing in me, Amen. leading me toward the Savior. Amen. And, and I got back and anyway, I met, got called and got a hold of her, and we wound up, got, we was married in less than a year and kind of like this. Now watch me, kind of got straightened up, quote, and I'll tell you how bad hypocrisy and religion can get you. I was, I was uh, doing what Van does at our church. I was teaching a team Bible class. Can you believe that? We'd sing specials. Can you believe that? And I was lost as hell itself. But I was sure trying to be religious enough to maybe make it to heaven in the end. Because my concept of the gospel was you got to live good to go to heaven. So I'll get my life straightened up, see. Quit the drinking, the carousing, the craziness and all that stuff. And I'm going to do better. Well, now we're going to have family and I'll be a respectable businessman in the community. The only thing about it is it didn't work. It didn't didn't take care of the sin problem down in here. It didn't take care of the guilt. And I was without Christ. But oh, bless God, on a a Sunday night, January 24th, the camels came. (laughs) And I want to tell you, those camels came. Now, you watch this. I'm going to give you something about the camels. We're going to get the, the camels. Did you know how she got on the camels? First of all, they came. They came to me. They came to her. You know how you get on a camel? You don't get a ladder and crawl up. They kneel down. Isn't it something that God comes to where you are? Isn't it something that God says humility is required? Did you know something that God, I mean, he's high, Kenny. He's holy. He He came down where Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to the cross, even the death of the cross. And Christ humbled himself and he came in a form of a man, took upon himself man, flesh, God in flesh, walked among men, no place to lay his head, no no home, didn't get married, didn't have children, didn't have a family, didn't have a business. The foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the son of man hath not where it lives. And he lowered himself and he humbled himself to come down to where I was in the middle of the Ozarks hillbilly. A kid growing up, I am you, picking gooseberries. And me and mama talked about that this morning. First thousand dollars I've made was stemming gooseberries. If you believe that, some of you go try it, amen. But he, he knelt down for us meek and lowly. Jesus said, I'm meek and I'm lowly. Grace, you know what grace does? It condescends where you're at. I'm telling you again, grace will come to you with a needle stuck in your arm. Grace will come to you in a fornicating bed. Grace will come to you wherever you're at if you let grace come. And the next thing, the camels are carrying her. Bless God. I want to give you something. Now you ask me. If I was to say, I want to say how many people, how many of people have been saved by the grace of God? Are you listening? Listen. Raise your hand. You raise your hand. I'm gonna tell you something happened about them camels. Are you listening? This girl been saved by grace. She's on this camel of grace. She ain't going her own way. She's following the servant, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't you ever tell me you're. Don't you ever tell me you're saved by grace if you're not following the Holy Spirit of God. And when I say. The Holy Spirit... I'm not talking about this false spirit in 90% of American churches where a hoopla on and having a, having a religious rock service. That's a bunch of garbage out of hell. I'm talking about this book right here was written by the Holy Ghost. And if you don't follow this book, you're not following the Holy Spirit. I don't care who told you what. I don't care what preacher got up with his sandals on and his Hawaii shirt unbuttoned and acting like a queer. I am telling you something. The servant will take the person who's saved by grace and they will follow the Holy Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Amen. Amen. You're not going off on your own rabbit trail. Amen. 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 Old time Christianity is what Bible Christianity is what I'm talking about. Lost my glasses now. Now I'm going to tell you something that old Campbell's did. Now I like this. He carried her. That's exactly right. She's a riding. She ain't a walking. She's a-riding, she ain't a-running. She's a-riding, she ain't a-crawling. And grace doesn't carry you home. You ain't going home, amen. It grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will take me home. She's a-riding. Hey, some of you need to quit trying to woggle your way through the sands of the desert and get on the old camel of grace and set up here to ride, Amen. I remember the first time, I remember me and Karen was over in Israel, Brother Josh. And I don't know where we was at, but they come over there and this guy had a camel. And he comes up and says, ride, 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 ride. I said, I don't want to ride no camel. And he told me how much money. I said, I wouldn't ride a camel if you paid me to. He says, wife. I said, good idea. And you rode a camel, didn't you, Karen? She wanted to ride that camel. I paid that dude. And Karen, that, you know what that camel did? He went, oh, oh, oh. And he went like this right here, just like in the Bible. And you know, she got on, she's a little short gal. She got on that camel. And you know what that camel did? He started going, I mean, the wildest move you've ever seen in your life. The next thing you know, she's going up in the air. And the next thing you know, she's going, and the next thing you know, she's way up there. <laughs> hey, Grace will lift you above this world, amen. Grace will lift you above the sands and the filth and the rot. It'll take you up, amen. I'm telling you what, grace will make you see things the world cannot see. Grace will open the Bible to you. Grace will give you, oh, good land of living, you, you bunch of backslid Presbyterians you don't know. Hey, some of you ought to be shouting that God raised you up above amen. this world, that he picked you up by his grace, that his own camel of grace knelt on the ground so you can get yourself I thought, oh, some of you still trying to put your ladder up on the camel. He's going he's gonna to run out from underneath you about the time you get on the last rung. Amen? You ain't climbing your way to heaven. Amen. Now, I going to tell you something. That old camel, we, we got even more pictures of camels. Give me another picture. I'm tired of looking at them camels. Now, you say, Reggie? <laughs> oh, there he is, that beautiful creature. Can I be honest about it? Most people don't recognize grace when they see it. They'll look at it and go, I don't need that. I don't want that. That old boy's interesting. We're gonna talk about the camel of grace, all right? But that old, I'm gonna give you this. Rebecca, she's up on camel riding. But guess what? Danny, when I think about this, boy, I mean. T- the camels is carrying all the load. Oh, I've got a pastor in the church. Oh, I've got to be a mother. Oh, I've got to raise these kids. Oh, I've got to make a living for my family. Oh, I've got to put up with the U.S. government. Oh! Some of you just, I mean, it ain't no wonder you won't let grace carry the load. Can I give you something? There wasn't just one camel. Hey, I don't think she rode three camels at one time. (laughs) She rode one camel. You know what that means? There's nine other camels to carry the load for her. God's grace will carry the load. You know why I'm still at the same church forty years later? Cause I'm riding a camel named Grace. Amen. Amen. And when the load gets heavy and the burdens are unsustainable, I just say, Lord, I need another camel of grace. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, God's got more. He said, My grace is sufficient for thee. He said, We're sin abounding; grace did much more abound. But He giveth more grace. You need another camel, Richard. Hey! I, I want to jump up on top of that and I ain't going to do it. I did that once in garden. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Boy, I tell you what, I like bro, Brother Ron Simpson's coming to preach and he talked about his beagle dog. And he'll say, you get out there and that beagle dog's hunting for a rabbit. And he said, there ain't a rabbit within 15 miles. <laughs> but he said, if I go Come on, sick him, boy. He said that. Hey, <laughs> man. Amen. Amen. Hey, hey. Every once in a while, you need to seek the dog on the rabbit. Even when he might find the rabbit after a while. Amen. Someone said, I wish you find your rabbit. <laughs> I'm telling you. Tiana, you're here. She got... You sorry low down dog <laughs> made your wife have ten children. Yeah. You didn't do it. God gave them to you, didn't He? That's right. Yeah. But you know what? You know how you can have ten children to make it. Grace. Tell me. Grace. 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 These people go. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. No, you, you need grace. Amen. Poor Susanna Wesley. She had twenty one children. She'd have won the contest here this morning. She'd have been here. Yeah. Her 19th child was John. I think her 20th child was Wesley. They changed the world for Jesus Christ. Somebody who said, Lord, just give me grace for another child. Give me grace for another day. Listen to me. I'm your pastor. I'm sorry. It's dirt. Don't care too much about you. I just want you to go to heaven. Do right past that. Let's forget it. Amen. But I know that you have burdens. Some of you have got children that are wayward. You just need God's grace. That's what I need. Some of you have got a financial burden. You just need grace. That's all I know to do. Maybe you're sick. You've lost a love, and I don't know what you're carrying here today. Maybe you're disgusted at yourself. But you know what you need is grace. Get your eyes off of you and get your eyes on Jesus Christ. It's grace, amen. Oh, I wish I could tell the world this grace. If you, you're going to go to heaven, you're going to get on the camel of grace and you're riding after the Holy Ghost in grace and now you ain't going otherwise, amen. amen. Well, let's talk about these camels now. Let's talk about these camels, amen. Now, I'm going to just tell you a little bit before I get going on the camel. She's carry, the camel of grace is carrying her to somebody she ain't never seen. Amen. amen. Yep. Woo! All right, I want to know how many boys in here ain't married but you'd like to be married someday. One, two, three. There is a whole bunch of. Amen, amen. Hey, rest of you, what's wrong with you? Queer, what's wrong? <laughs> No, I'm just glad. Hey, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be married. I, I was asking my mama this morning. I, I, I'm going, "Hello, Mister Gates and Jim Moxley and Brother Ralph. Thank you for getting them in there." But I want everybody say hi to Jim and, and, and Mister Gates. Would you just say hi? hi? And my mama, I hope she's listening. to My mama, I said How? I mentioned some aunts and uncles. I said, "How would they get together?" And she said a thing or two. And then pretty soon she said, "Well, she said where we went to church." there was all kinds of girls. <laughs> and she said, Reg, you know what happens at a place where there's all kinds of girls? There's going to be all kinds of boys show up. <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of boys get saved. They, wouldn't, they didn't come to church after Jesus. They came after that girl, Justin. <laughs> Justin came to church after his wife. He got more than her. He got Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you right now, the Bible said, Whom have you not seen, we love. Brother Lutz, I ain't never seen Jesus, but I love him, amen. Amen. And I'm on the camel. And we're riding toward glory land. I'm telling you right now, I want to be on the camel of grace. I don't want to be on some church that's giving me a bunch of rules to live by. I want to be a camel of grace of riding up above this world, letting them carry the load, amen. They got all the baggage, I'm just a-riding. Amen. Well, let's go to something about them camels. I said this morning that God in his creation, every detail. Well, let's look at something. This old camel, he's got funny feet. Now, what can a man learn about his journey to heaven with a camel's foot? Well, here's what you can learn. He's got big old pads. I mean, they're big old pads. They look like big snapping turtles. And they're going like this. And do you know what? it does, it keeps him from sinking into the sand. Yeah. 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 And the camel of grace that you're riding, he will keep, he, he does, this is his work. He does not sink into the sands of this world. Amen. He's not going, oh my, how many, Sister Linda, is she here? Sister Linda, did you get stuck in the sand? He told. Oh, <laughs> there are no secrets at this church. <laughs> Now, why would you drive into a sand dune? Didn't know it was there. <laughs> See, if you'd have been riding a camel, you wouldn't have got stuck. Hey, man. Hey, man. Those old sand dunes across the wilderness, them big old feet, they just do this right here and they don't sink in the sand. They just keep a trucking. They're called the ship of the desert. Yeah and that old big feet just goes that Some of you with number 13, y'all be proud of them. Amen. You don't sink as bad as other people. But I'm saying to you that that camel's feet is a picture of the grace of God that he keeps us from sinking into the sands of this world. And by the way, may I say to you, sinking into the circumstances of your life that'll just get you down and bogged down and pedaling, and you're just struggling in the sand. You can't even see over the next dune. You think this is where the rest of your life's going to be at. And if you'll get on the camel of grace, you're going through and up and over. Amen. Amen. Grace will take you through. Grace is made for the journey. The old song says, Through many dangers, toils, and snares I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far and grace will take me home. Well, here's an interesting thing. They have something called, I think this is kind of neat, they have what we call, uh, in the Greek it's called Humps. <laughs> Just a little gig at you Greekers and Hebrews. (laughs) Now there's two kinds of camels. Either one humper and a two humper. (laughs) I want to ride on the two (laughs) humper. That way I'm going forward and I ain't going backward. I'm just just going to sit in the middle and rest. Amen. But I want to tell you about this hump. It's very, very important in grace. They're going through the Bible. When the Bible talks about wilderness, it's not talking some, may what us hillbillies would think about the big woods. It's really most of the time talking about a sandy, desert, desolate place where there was nothing but, of course, wild animals and so forth, a very dangerous place. Well, and does anybody know what deserts are known not to have? Water. Now, if you remember, <laughs> Rebecca ran and watered those camels. And I told you the other night at church that a camel can drink 20 gallons of water in less than 10 minutes. It's just like a fire hose turned backward. <laughs> but here they go. And folks, that camel may be going 200 mile, 300 mile, 400 mile and no water hole. Now I want you to get this. These humps do not contain water per se, but what they do contain is t- this will bless your heart, fatty tissue. They contain the sustenance for that camel. Those humps are what can make that camel go for 100 mile, 200 mile, 300 mile with no water. Watch this. It has built-in reservoir of what you need to survive and take you through. You don't have it but grace does. Amen. I want to say to you again you're going to heaven you're going to heaven on a camel named grace Amen. and his, his sustaining power. Listen to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 after he had talked about the fact that he uh, uh, had asked God to deliver him with this thorn in the flesh. Danny, how many times have you, Danny, please forgive me for aggravating you, but how many times have you asked God to get rid of your headache? And it's getting a little better now, but you know what? Danny's had to have grace. Now listen to me carefully. sister, sister Brother Lane, I want a copy of that track. I mean, I really do. They got a track out, a gospel track about his son. Now, I've thought about you a lot. You know what's carrying you through the desert of the loss of that boy? Yeah. It's the grace of God. Amen. You know what to take you through? Can I just be honest with you? I don't, I'm not a marriage counselor, and I wouldn't give you three cents for most of them. You've got a counselor named Jesus Christ. He said to hey. he say with your spouse. He said, husbands love your wife. wives, wives obey your husbands. in me? If you just do what the Bible says, all the counseling you need. That's right. But I'm going to tell you something, someday you may wake up and your spouse says, I'm out of here, I'm gone. And ain't nothing nobody in the world's going to do about it. And you know what you're going to have to have? You're going to have to have some grace. Yeah. And have you, ever, have you ever felt like, God, I, I can't take it anymore. I don't know what to do, Lord. I'm out of it. I, I can't handle this emotionally. I can't handle this. I can't handle it, God. Now, I'm going to tell you something, God's got the reservoir to take you through that wilderness time hey, in your life. And that grace, he said, he giveth more grace. He giveth more grace. You listen to me. I, I'm not feeling sorry for myself, just the raw truth. There ain't hardly anybody in this church that was here when I started. When I started pressing this church, almost all of my family came here, including my mother's, some of my wife's side. There are none of them hardly now. What are you going to do when... I'm not saying it's their fault. I, my, I'm just saying it's the way it is. You're gonna have you're gonna have terrible, terrible things happen that you're gonna need grace for. Yes. Do you know how many times, Brother Jerry, I've went out and walked out to my farm and I thought, I think I'll sell this thing and just go buy me a place in Idaho or Montana and finish it out. And just get get out of all this garbage. But you know what, Brother Phil? I'll get out there somewhere and sit down on a stump or a rock. And I say, God, kind of like out of this pressure. Kind of like to get away from all this hatred and vilifying, stupid lying going on. And, and, and demonization, constantly being demonized. And uh, you know what? I he's never said, Yeah, why don't you just say, Farmer Lee? No, he's never said, Don't say what you need, son. You need more grace than you've ever had. Amen. And you need to humble yourself. And you need to get on your knees. I've got grace for you. I've got a reservoir that will take you through all the whole complete journey. I want you to know something today. God will take you through. Amen. Amen. But you better be sure you're on the camel of grace. There's enough grace. Can I tell you something? There's enough grace for you to lose a child. There's enough grace for you to lose a loved one. There's enough grace for you to lose your job. There's enough grace for you to go broke. There's enough grace for you to be rejected. There's enough grace for you to be betrayed. There's enough grace for people to hate your guts. There's enough grace for people to walk away from you. And There's grace for every trial. Amen. God said, my grace is sufficient. And there's enough grace in that camel. And by the way, think about this, 10 of them. Well, I want you to look up here. This is funny. This is so good. You see that right there? That's that camel's mouth. You say, what can I learn from a camel's mouth? Well, let's want you to listen to this. I, I, a camel's mouth is designed to eat the bitter and stickery plants of the desert. <laughs> the unpleasant things. <laughs> it doesn't chew them up at first. It just picks them off, wallows them around, and swallows it. Later on, it regurgitates it back up and chews on it. It has the could and it digests it. That camel's name is Grace. You know what Grace will give the ability to do? To eat the stickery, bitter junk that you're going to hit through the desert of life. And you know what? You're going to go for a while and it's going to go in and it's bitter. And you ain't going to get no good out of it. But there'll come a time. There'll come a time when that that he ate will come up. And it'll bring strength and sustenance and life and power into that camel's life. Your Bible says this, that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Some of the things you're having to digest right now, some of the things you're having to eat, some of the things that you're consuming that's going on in your life. Je- did you know what Jesus said? He said he drank the bitter cup. And he said, Lord, if it be without will, he said, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will but thine. I'm going to tell you, where would we have been had Jesus not ate the bitterness of life? Let me just tell you what God's teaching this old preacher. Reggie, don't focus on how bitter and stickery what I'm giving you to eat is. Focus on the good it'll do in your life later on. But if you won't, watch this. If that camel does not eat the bitter and stickery stuff that's out in that desert, it will not have anything to susten us down the road. It's important that you receive with grace the bad stuff in your life. Grace enables us to receive the bitter and painful things that and to eventually get good out of them, we say, "God, I don't want to receive this cup, but grace will receive it." Then there's the camel's eyes. There's something else. Boy, I uh, this is probably my favorite thing about the camel. He's got eyelashes that he's got layered eyelashes, and they're intertwined they overlap kind of and they screen out the desert dust and the sand. His eyelids have a transparent type windshield wipe set of wipers. <laughs> and they go from side to side. <laughs> There's nothing new in the sun. And they wipe off the sand and the dust off of his eyes. So he can keep seeing. Now let me tell you something. Grace continues to see when you can't see. Grace continues to understand where, the, where he's going when you don't know where you're going. You see, a Christian life is a life of grace. If he, uh, he gets sand in his eyes, that windshield wiper just wipes it off. And when the storms of life are on you or you're in the storm and the blast makes you close your eyes and you can't see and say, God, I can't understand this. I can't see any good out of this. God, why is this happening? grace will still see where and how to go. When you can't see or understand, grace does. I want to give you a biblical illustration of that. Joseph loved the Lord. But grace led him down to Egypt. Grace led him through hatred of his brethren and selling of him, selling to him to be a slave and then carried him in stocks and chains down to Egypt. And then he was sold in the auction boxes. And he never got bitter at God. You know why? He, he knew that stickery, painful, nasty, bitter stuff that he was eating was going to go down into his heart and his soul. And it was going to make him have the sustenance of life and a blessing to other people eventually. And I'm telling you here this morning, I do not want a pastor at church where we think God's a little candy bar Santa Claus up in heaven dropping candy down on us. And it's not true. Ye shall through much tribulation enter the kingdom. And I want us to know that we serve a God who's going to take the curses of this old sin cursed world and the bitterness of it and the tragedy of it, and he can turn it into a blessing. I'll just be honest with you. There have been a lot of weeks I couldn't see or understand what on earth is going on. Is this where this trail leads? And God has to remind me, Reggie, you're not the one setting the direction I am. You just ride the camel. When you've lost your way, grace will lead you home. Stay with grace. Then there's the camel's nose. Isn't that a beautiful thing? (laughs) You know what his nose does? This is neat as can be. His nose can completely close. Now, if I completely close my nose, I can't breathe through my nose. But that camel can. Everything man makes, how many knows what a car filter is? Oil filter. Oil, you got filters? God's already made this stuff. Windshield wipers. He's already made it. Okay. And this camel's got a filter in his nose. And it's amazing what it can do. The sand can be blowing at him. He can be in the midst of a storm and that sand and dust is blowing. And he, And he closes his nose, but he can still breathe. Mm, I was reading this. I like to jumped out of my chair. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit still working in your heart through the storms of your life. Air is a picture of the winds, a picture of the Holy Spirit. And the ability that, listen, what would choke most, oh my goodness, what would choke most people down? God enables you to breathe and have power and life through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because the Holy Ghost is still able to work through the grace of God. Yes. And you're like this and you can't see where we're going. And you can't, you have no idea how we're going to breathe. You put a meal over your face. Mask. Yes. And that camel has the ability to still breathe and still go and still walk and still track through the storms and through the sand and through the dust because God has given him the ability, watch this, to receive the Holy Spirit. And God will give you the blessings of the Holy Spirit through the filter of His grace. <laughs> grace They say, I don't know about about the camels. They say that his nose is like a heat-seeking missile. I don't know this. That's what I read. That they can smell water miles away. And they'll take the rider straight to it. Now, we've got a new name for this church. It's going to be called the watering hole. And that old camel of grace, now watch this. Do you know where the camel of grace will take you? To the water and hole. He'll take you to the Bible. He'll take you to church. He'll take you to fellowship in the Lord. The water and hole. How many times I've been been in a storm and the sand are blowing and I can't see or understand I'm needing air. And God's grace has led me to water. Amen. Well, I've got to get through this. It's 132. I'm lying. Most preachers do. The camel has knees. See them knees? Them knees has got pads. Let's do this real quick. How many has already got it? Grace will lead you to prayer and fellowship let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help in time of need. That callous on that knee is designed to teach that grace. Who does God give grace to? The humble, the humble and the lowly. Yeah. I'm going to quit preaching now. I'll wrap up my little three point poem and get done here. already. Right. As I said earlier, grace carries you high. You'll see from a different perspective. By the way, She saw him in verse 64. Here's here's the big thing. Now listen to me. God said this, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Grace will enable you to see life from God's perspective. You'll see things that you could not see if if you don't have grace. I want to give you this and I'll be done in just a few moments. There's the camel's protection. On occasion, there are what's called desert hurricanes, desert tornadoes. And it is when the sand and the dust and debris has been so stirred up by the storm that there's, it's just absolutely stopping time. And here's what they do. They take those camels. This is so sweet. And they'll, they get down, riders get off and they make an ark out of those 10 camels. And they have everybody get behind them. Now I've experienced this spiritually. And the storm blows and hits the camel and goes over. And the rider is hidden and protected by the camel. There have been times in my life I just felt like God said, Reggie, get down behind grace. Get down behind grace. Till the storm passes over. Until the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever until the storm passes by. How many have been in a storm and it didn't get over quick? There's going to be times when God said, I want you to get behind the camel of grace. I just want you to hunker down, but I'll take the brunt of this. I'll hide you in grace. This is kind of funny. The camel's speed. It can be 25 to 100 miles a day. If he's walking, he, run, he goes three mile an hour. If he's loping, he goes 10 miles an hour. If he's running, he does 25 mile an hour. <laughs> Grace will take you as far as you need to go and as fast as you need to go. <laughs> Let me tell you a story of Reggie Kelly's life. The camel going too slow. I'm jumping off and I want to run ahead of the camel. God says, Reggie, <laughs> and you, and you, you ain't doing that. Yeah. Reggie, stay on the camel. <laughs> I'm going to take you as fast as you need to go, and I'm going to take you where you need to go, yeah. at the speed you need to go. Yes. Some of you in here, you want to be married. Stay on the camel. Yeah. Stay on the camel. <sighs> Mercy sakes alive sometimes it seems like God is not on my schedule. Amen. Does anybody know why? He's not. <laughs> He's not on my schedule. He's on his schedule. Let me finish up this one by saying, he will deliver you to the bridegroom. Amen. I know what, you know, it was all loud and hollering and hooping in here for a while now. We've all cooled off. Amen. <laughs> We've turned, we went from being Presbyterians to Episcopalians. <laughs> that poor boy right here has got his hands to, I love it. <laughs> boy, I love them overhauls. Man, I going to tell you something. A man wears overhauls. Yeah. There's are 14s already. Amen. Heard, I, before I was in 10, 12. You was in 10 by 12, but you were growing then, ain't man. <laughs> He's sitting there with his legs stuck out and his hands in his lower I don't know how long he's going to preach, but I'm going to get comfortable. (laughs) 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 I I love it. Amen. I love it. Amen. Amen. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. You listen to me. You go over in Genesis chapter 24 and verse 64, you know what it says? Watch this. She lifted up her eyes and she saw Isaac. Now let everybody get this. She glided off the camel. When I see Jesus, I won't need grace anymore, Danny. I'll have Christ. Amen. And she got down and she lifted up her eyes and said, there he is. And that lighted off the camel's a picture of the rapture of the church. (laughs) I'm telling you, I'm telling you it's a picture of the rapture coming off that camel of grace. I'm riding grace all the way to Jesus. Amen. Amen. And when I see him, I'm jumping off the camel. camel, Amen. I'm going to go in that mansion he's prepared for me and I'm going to live the rest of my world in eternity. Let's stand together. I want to ask you a day. Some of you is riding a mule. That's right. You're going to ride a mule all the way to hell. You're riding a religious mule. <laughs> and that mule has got his feet planted, and you're beating on that mule. You need to get off your religious mule and get on a camel of grace, amen. 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 We're going to let you go, but I want to tell you this: I'll be here around the pulpit. And there's other men here, people, ladies, that can lead you to Christ. If you're here today and you're not saved, I wouldn't walk out that door lost. Amen. They may have your casket laying down at your funeral home. Amen. The gas and diesel may be in that backhoe that'll dig your grave. The concrete may be setting solid on the vault that they're going to put your body in, and you'll bust hell wide open just like you are. You need to get on a camel of grace today. I hope that you will. If you've never been saved, I'm telling you what, you, you are not alive. You are dead while you're walking. I want to give you the gospel. The good news is Jesus died for you on that cross, shed his blood, paid for all your sin. All you got to do is trust him as your savior, believe on him, receive him into your life, be converted to Jesus Christ. God's one saves you. You'd go to him, call upon the Lord. He'll save you. Believe on his death, his burial, his resurrection. God will save you. And that's all I'm asking you to do. I don't want you to die and go to hell or I wouldn't be here this morning. This ain't about some ritual we have. It's about life and death. It's about heaven and hell. But it's also about the journey. Not only where you're at on your journey on grace, but grace is going to take you home. Amen. Amen. So how many there said, I just don't think I can make it another day? Well, you're going to, because if you get on the camel of grace, you'll make it. Amen. You'll make it. Lord, we thank you for today. Thank you for the camel of grace. We thank you, Lord, that you're not just going to get us on and dump us off somewhere. The Holy Ghost is going to take us all the way to Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father, today for the lessons that have been learned through this, and I pray that we'll apply it to our lives. And Lord, no matter the storms and the sands and no matter what happens, to know that we're saved by the grace of God. And Lord, that it's grace that will carry us through this old sin-sick world. Bless this message to the heart of these people. I pray that it might help them grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that folks that are not saved will call upon him today, even today even right now. God, honor the sufferings of your son by the salvation of sinners today. Lord, I love you and I appreciate you. You've been so good to me and I want to thank you personally for the grace that you've given me over these years. I want to thank you for the grace that you've given Karen and uh, Lord, we just need your grace. That's all I know to say. And I'm glad Lord, that where sin abounded grace did much more bound. Lord, I love you today. Bless these folks. I pray and bless these mothers. God, thank you for the dear mothers of this church. In Jesus' name, amen.